Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Thanks for joining us on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today, we're visiting with Melanie from HonestBody.com. Melanie is a nutritional therapy practitioner and a GAPS practitioner. Thanks so much for being here, Melanie. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Amy. I'm excited to be here. This is great. You know, I know that NTPs and GAPS practitioners and, and we've connected online through that and I think that that's so wonderful and I've kind of watched everything that you guys have been doing and you've got a lot going on with um, GAPS classes and all kinds of fun stuff. Yes, everything going on in general all the time with four kiddos, uh, you know, a practitioner with a, with an online presence. It's a, it's a full load. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Always busy, always doing something. And you guys are in beautiful Vermont, right? Yes. Oh, amazing. We love it here. I love Vermont. Oh, it's so pretty. Absolutely. Yeah. And the food culture is amazing. Yes. Um, so just recently, we're trying something new as a family. We signed on with a whole diet CSA. Oh, cool. Uh, that means you get the bulk of your food from one farm mm-hmm. year-round, and it's really amazing. Uh, it's an organic farm, and they're using uh, horses to do their farming. Uh-huh. Wow. It's, and it, yeah, it's, it's, the food is amazing, and the environment's amazing, and uh, we've con- we feel really good about supporting one farm and getting our food um, from a place like that. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think, you know, I mean, it simplifies your life so much because mm-hmm. so much is coming from one place. Um, we had a farm like that in New Hampshire, and it was just absolutely lovely because you could get, you know, your raw dairy, you could get meats, vegetables. They even had grains. They had a um, mm-hmm. a sourdough bake shop, you know, on site. We didn't really do a lot of grains, but it was nice that it was an option. Um, And it was all done, you know, according to ancestral nutrition. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And and then it's great for the farmer because you're supporting them and and they can count on that income. Right. It seems to be a really good model and it's been a a real boost to the community surrounding it. I love that. Now, how long have you been in Vermont? Um, So we celebrate our fourth Vermont anniversary this November. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's been a little while now. Uh, That's awesome. So you've had time to like really get settled in and find all your sources and yes. um, prepare for the snow. Yes. <laughs> we just finished putting up about eight cords of wood. Wow. Uh, some for this year, some for last year. Or, sorry, next year. Uh-huh. Um, and all the kiddos helped. Uh, they're they're getting to be a huge help these days with things like that project. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it helps. Yeah, I could have definitely used some of uh, the child labor <laughs> <laughs> when we were on the farm in New Hampshire and stacking up all that firewood. We yeah. had a wood stove, but we didn't primarily heat with wood. I know a lot of people do, um, but it wasn't our primary source, but we did have that um, as a supplement. And, I mean, that is some work. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, but it's nice because, you know, you can selectively source from your property and right. and surrounding. And, yeah, it was pretty cool. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot going on there. Um, so before you were in Vermont, I think you guys, were you in the Midwest? So I grew up in Michigan as did my husband, different locations growing up. Uh, I spent five years in Connecticut as a child and one year in Jamaica. Oh, wow. Uh, my family moved around a little bit, but Michigan was home base, and it's where we came back to and grew up. And we had 40 mm-hmm. acres, and we had a farm with horses and goats and chickens and oh, wow. rabbits and all that. Uh, so, yeah, Michigan is where we both come from, and it's home. And, you know, adult married lives uh, moved to Connecticut for a year and a half, mm-hmm. and we vacationed in Vermont and fell in love as as so many do. Um, and then when we sold our home and business in Connecticut and took a year off traveling uh, with the kids, we were kind of looking for the next place. And we always compared everything to Vermont. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we after a year of living in an airstream, we you know decided, you know, Vermont's where we need to call home. So yeah. Well, I think that's so cool. And, you know, it's funny because our story parallels just a little bit because we I'm from Texas originally Mm -hmm. and my husband's from Philadelphia. And so he moved to Texas for work and um, and we met and we lived there and had our home there for several years. And then we moved to Connecticut and we lived in Connecticut for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, We were up near Hartford, not far away. Mm -hmm. And um, and we always went up to New Hampshire and Maine and we did Vermont as well. And we loved Vermont. But the seacoast is really Mm. what we adore. Yeah. In New Hampshire. And so, um, yeah. And so we ended up moving there and starting our farm. And um, we were there for about three years. Uh, before we started our travel journey. So we did it a little bit <laughs> yep. in reverse. Yep. You took mm-hmm. a year off in between. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's so funny. And I think like as we traveling around, like we're comparing everything back to New England. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's really tough because every place has its own special charm, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about your travels a little bit because that sounds like so much fun and kind <laughs> of like a massive, you know, Talk about a life shift, right? Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways, absolutely. Yeah, and did you have four kids when you did the traveling, or yes. did you just have three? Yeah, you so have four. So our youngest was about three, uh-huh. and our oldest was about ten. Um, granted, they all had birthdays in that year. <laughs> right. But uh, we started, uh, we, we, we got set up for the road in Indiana, and we set out... Um, and basically went straight south through Arkansas and Texas and then circled around the southwest and the northwest. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, so we, we spent a, a fair amount of time in national parks and then mm-hmm. a fair amount of time uh, doing woofing uh, as mm-hmm. a family on organic farms that we found. That's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty special. Um, I get, I think our favorite national park was Big Bend, Texas. Uh Uh-huh. So incredibly massive and so many different, um, different types of ecology and, and, you know, kind of ecosystems all in one place. Oh yeah. And it's crazy to think that that's in Texas because I mean, (laughs) every part of Texas is so different. I mean, it's enormous. Right, right. 
And so when I was growing up, I grew up in Dallas. And so, you know, the joke kind of was like, you drive eight hours and you're still in Texas. You know, <laughs> we could go down to Austin or, you know, over to Houston or San Antonio or whatever. That was only like four to five hours. But, um, you know, I mean, you go through mountains and deserts and hills and, um, right. you know, forests. And, yeah, it's really crazy. And so Big Ben is absolutely gorgeous. And like you said, it's very um, varied. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what our favorite has been so far. I mean, Yellowstone was amazing. It was like a whole other world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. There's been so many things. Like, every place has its own charm. So it's been really hard to pick a favorite. But, I I mean, I've really enjoyed California. I've, you know, I love, like, driving the PCH. Like, absolutely beautiful. Anytime we can be near, be near the ocean, you know, I adore that. Um, but the Pacific Northwest was pretty incredible. Yes. I mean, Portland kind of has a little piece of my heart and the Oregon (laughs) coast is amazing. Yes. We were definitely drawn to Northern California and Oregon as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, we were kind of looking at places as possible resting, uh, resting spots, um, or permanently, but, um, we spent over well over a month in California and a lot of time in Northern California. Uh-huh. Uh, we actually worked on a, a farm in Northern California for three weeks. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, that was a great experience. But you're, yeah, you're right about the Oregon coast. It's beautiful. Oh, it's Absolutely. stunning. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty non-populated, like, as compared to, like, the California coast. Mm-hmm. It's so different, you know. I mean, you'd really, like, drive out. And there's little seaside towns and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was just really amazing. And all the rock formations and everything, I mean, we really enjoyed it. But, yeah. um, you know, I think that that woofing is so amazing. And for people that don't know what we're talking about, um, it's worldwide opportunities on organic farms. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where, and again, I'll put the link in the show notes. So for anybody listening and multitasking, I know you can't write <laughs> things down. <laughs> we're always multitasking when we're listening to podcasts, right? Right. Um, so again, I always put the show notes on the website. So realfoodwholehealth.com. Under podcasts, under episodes, you'll find today's episode in all the show notes. So any websites that we talk about, any books, products, anything we reference, I'm going to link to from that page. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the Woofing, they actually have a website and you can go on and kind of find these opportunities. And they really are all over the world. There's a ton in the U.S., but they're all right. over the world. And you can go and it's kind of different every place you go. Like some places you have free accommodations. Um, well, pretty much everywhere you have free accommodations because you're trading it for work, but (laughs) some people have, you know, like a room that you stay in. Some people have little extra housing that you can stay in. It's kind of different everywhere. Right. So we had our own RV. Um, obviously we had an Airstream. Um, so we needed to find places that could let us, uh, hook up or, or make Mm -hmm. some similar arrangement. Um, it was Really nice to have our own kitchen set up yes. all the time uh, with a family that's kind of essential. Um, what we found working on farms, uh, you know, my husband and I are no strangers to hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just found, realized how hard it is for farmers to to do it right 
yeah. in today's economy and, and, you know, socioeconomic climate. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we were thoroughly impressed with, you know, farmers who are uh, trying to make a go of it today. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, you know, that was something that was so passionate. We were so passionate about Mm -hmm. um, when, you know, we started our farm and we wanted everything to be done to our standards. So everything was organic, pasture raised, heritage breed, soy free, you know, every animal was in as close to their natural, you know, living environment and, Mm. and honoring their life cycles as we should. I mean, it was just a lot of work and I'm telling you, it was so incredibly expensive right right yeah it was really hard to source um the food for the animals the organic soy free um grain and it was you know i mean we had a local co-op um a friend of mine organized that and it was brought in by the pallet load and you know everybody was she was unpacking like these pallets and transferring to her house and then we would have to go pick up the grains and you know i mean we were getting I don't know, 15 to 20, 50 pound bags a month, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you go pick that up and bring it over. And then of course, like our goats were all um, grass fed. Mm-hmm. So they would need all their hay and all of that. And so you've got to go source that somewhere else. And it was pretty, it was pretty wild. Um, and yeah. then, you know, just managing the animals, um, you know, we had ducks, chickens, <laughs> rabbits, goats, pigs, and, you know, we got up to over 200 animals. At one point, I just couldn't count them all. <laughs> the chickens were running too fast to count everybody. Um, so I don't really know, you know, what our numbers were, but I know that it was a lot. And um, managing all those different types of animals, you know, on the property, making sure they had what they needed, and then learning. I mean, we were such novices. We were moving from the suburbs. And so learning their um what they needed and their breeding cycles and their, you know, all these different requirements was pretty overwhelming. And so we hung in there for about three years, but Mm -hmm. we decided, you know what, we're not, we're not sustainable. Like this isn't, we're not going to be able to continue to do this. And, you know, we had built up a pretty good egg business and we were selling meats and we were selling to restaurants and like all that was going really well, but we weren't, breaking even Mm -hmm. we sure weren't making money Mm -hmm. but we weren't breaking even yeah so I realized you know we're going to be taking business away from from farms that are going to make it and are you know like the one I talked about that was doing the whole food CSA or the whole diet CSA you know they were going places and they had help it was just Matt and I right on our farm and we didn't have family up there all of our friends had other you know, farms or other commitments and they didn't live very close and to hire help was unreal. And we didn't have housing for the woofers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. We, we kind of missed a generation of, of farmers and there are people passionate about farming and growing their own food, but we've, um, we've, you know, skipped some of our ancestral wisdom, um, mm. you know, from those who did it for generations after generation. Right. Because I could see if you had that wisdom and you went in knowing what you were doing and, right. and you had, you know, I mean, one, one of the mistakes that we made was buying a property that wasn't quite set up to be a farm. Mm-hmm. It was a home mm-hmm. and it had property, but like we had to build the barns and we had to 
to put in fencing and we had to do all of those kind of things that were very expensive mm-hmm. on the front end. And so yeah. if, it, if it was a family property and all of that had been done and you had systems and you, you know, and you had family to support you to and, help. <laughs> yeah. You realize why the farm families were so large because <laughs> yeah. you needed all those hands. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really did. And I mean, you know, our operation was comparatively small. Um, you know, I mean, if you think about, chickens like when we started doing meat birds it was like okay well just for our family if we have one chicken a week that's like 52 chickens a year Mm -hmm. and you have a very small window in which to raise them so you're hatching chicks in the spring you're you know growing them throughout the summer and at the end of fall is usually you know harvest time and it was kind of crazy with the heritage breeds they grow a lot slower Um, you know, I mean, they're meant to, and they're healthy doing so. Um, we certainly didn't want to do Cornish cross and, um, you know, have chickens that grew so fast they couldn't even walk. Right. Um, but it was very difficult because they eat a lot during that time and being pasture raised, they're running off all the food. (laughs) (laughs) I remember watching them run around and I'm like, wow, you're really burning a lot of calories. (laughs) Exactly. The little dollar signs are just like going through my mind, but, um, yeah. you know, they were sure happy and they were very entertaining, but, um, yeah, absolutely. So to live in that cycle, I mean, just to try to, to raise chickens for ourselves and then make money, um, selling some, you know, it was like, okay, we do one other family. That's another 50 chickens. Right. So pretty crazy to kind of think about that and figure out what, you know, and that was just chickens, that wasn't ducks, that wasn't rabbits or pigs or goats or anything else. Mm. Um, so it really, it takes a lot of management, a lot of work, and I think a lot of knowledge and so much of that exactly, like you said, it has been lost. Yes. Yeah. It has. Especially for doing things the right way. Exactly. Um, yeah, we just, it was an amazing experience for the kids to get to see that and to be a part of helping and working in that environment. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really valuable. That's amazing. I really love that. And, you know, so what, how did it even come about that you guys took this trip? Did you just <clears throat> say, we're going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we worked really hard in our 20s, um, you know, growing four babies and businesses. And um, we... We had a business. We had a business in Michigan, and we had a business in Connecticut. Um, and we we sold the business in Michigan and moved to Connecticut. And it was kind of a, a huge amount of. Um, there was a lot of turnover going in our in our hearts and our minds, and we felt like we just needed to take a break and mm-hmm. uh, figure out you know, how we were changing and, and spend some time, um, just with our kids and uh, seeing new places and, you know, exploring the, the thoughts that we were thinking. So we sold our, our, uh, partnership in Connecticut and sold our home. And, uh, we went to Indiana to get set up to go on the road. Um, and, you know, bought the Airstream and a, had a truck to pull the Airstream. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, we sold almost everything, all of our furniture and 
and stuff, uh, except for my kitchen. Um, I fit almost <laughs> everything into my Airstream kitchen. Um, awesome. Minus, let's see, minus the dehydrator and the KitchenAid. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have my KitchenAid on board, but it's down um, in our basement down below oh, okay. the basement storage. I mean, yep, it's, yep. you know, basement. <laughs> yeah. But it's down there so that I can grab it when I need it. But in seven months so far, I haven't pulled it out. So yeah, a handheld <laughs> it may mixer. be getting off board. Yeah, a handheld mixer yeah. did the trick for us. Exactly. But, but I still had a food processor, a yeah. Vitamix, a blender. You know. Yeah. Um, Honestly, with my Vitamix and my Instant Pot, like I'm not sure I could do without either one yeah. of those. And yeah. my Berkey. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, it would not be a kitchen without those things. Yeah. And the Instant Pot, honestly, is kind of a new um, a new addition. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, it, the Instant Pot is an electronic uh, or electric um, pressure cooker. And um, it's a safe pressure cooker. It's got, you know, it's not mom's old pressure cooker that used to, like, <laughs> explode and throw beans everywhere. Um, but, yeah, it's I love it because I can make my bone broth um, in two hours, like what would used to take me two days to do um I do it in two hours and it oh it's amazing and it gels like so like rock solid it's amazing awesome that's actually on my Christmas list this year oh my gosh it is uh it is incredible and everybody I've talked to that's gotten one loves it to pieces um and you know like you can take something frozen um, and throw it in there like a roast or whatever. And, you know, in an hour, hour and a half, it's done as opposed to like a crock pot. It needs to kind of be defrosted and still takes six to eight hours. Right. Which so, would come in handy on those soccer nights when I've forgotten yeah. to start dinner in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It has saved our little heinies a few times because... Um, you know, there's days that are busy and you're like, oh no, I didn't plan what was for dinner. I'm getting better because, um, I'm working with 20 dishes and I'm doing my meal planning and, and batch cooking on 20 dishes. Um, I don't know if you know about them, but it's been so helpful, (laughs) but yeah, for those times that, you know, real life still happens, um, it's great to just pull something out and throw it in. Like even chicken breast that's frozen Mm. for thighs or whatever, you can throw it in and then, um, just put a sauce with it, like a, a green chili verde or something like that. Just throw it in there and just cook it all together and you're done. Nice. Yeah. That sounds great. It's been cool. So that's that's actually replaced my slow cooker. And, um, yeah, I don't have a lot of other appliances. My my dehydrator did not make it with <laughs> us. Yeah, but I did save it. It's, it's back at, I think, my parents' house. But, um, yeah, it's kind of amazing. Like when you get down to the basics. Um, of what you can do. And I know that Airstream, you know, that's, that's a compact kitchen. Yes. We, so you have to be really efficient. We had the 34 foot Airstream, the biggest one they make. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the storage is so smartly done um, that you can actually fit a lot. It's really surprising, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ours isn't an Airstream. We looked at them, and I loved it. Um, We just couldn't find the right floor plan. Since Mm -hmm. we both work from home, and we kind of needed an office set up all the time and Mm. some separate spaces, we couldn't find the right floor plan. But um, we ended up with a motorhome. But, I, you know, when I looked at it, I thought, oh, my gosh, like, how are we going to fit anything in here? We were going from 3,000 square feet, and this was 400, and it was (laughs) like, how are we going to do this? But 
I mean, I actually have cabinets I'm not using, and I still have stuff I'm downsizing. Isn't it amazing when you start downsizing? It's like, yeah. how? why did I even have all that stuff? It, it feels so good. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it's the most liberating thing I've ever done, really. <laughs> I kind of got a little high on it. I'm like, okay, what else can I get rid of? Like, this is, <laughs> right. <laughs> this right. is too fun. Yeah. Um, because then you know where everything is. It has a place to live. You know where it is. You know what you have, so you're not buying extras of things. And then when I need something, I can literally tell Matt, like, it's in this cabinet on the left, down here, mm-hmm. under that, boom. Yeah. Our, our kids yeah. each had one little cubby. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever they wanted to take with them had to fit in that little cubby. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that wasn't in their own individual cubbies was our big box of Legos that we stored in in the <laughs> trunk of the Airstream. Communal Legos. <laughs> yeah, so we could uh, bring out the Legos if we were at a spot with, you know, a good picnic table or, or something. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. That's amazing. And ha- have you felt like now as you transition to the house in Vermont that, you know, you've been able to maintain some of the the mentality of, you know, minimalism or has it kind of expanded with the space? Oh, it's definitely expanded. Um, Mm -hmm. I I grew up with a fairly minimalist mother, so I'm, I'm not a stranger to tossing stuff on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, We were always like turning around and and something had been thrown away. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wasn't something just there? No, it wasn't. (laughs) So um, that's not, strange to me uh, but you know with four kids and being settled it inevitably things pile up you know school papers oh my school papers soccer cleats um it's yeah it's kind of kind of crazy as she looks around the house yeah right now <laughs> she's like that pile of that pile of this come in and, yeah well I mean that's kind of the thing I actually think it's a law of physics that as you have more room your stuff expands because, you know, any house that you move into, um, magically the rooms and closets fill up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what size it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as the kids get older, right, and they have all these activities, I mean, that's yeah. that's like whole independent lives going on. So you guys have like six lives happening under one roof. Right. So right. It's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, this year we uh, we had, so the four kids were in three different schools. Uh, we've We've done a mixture of schooling, um, homeschooling, road schooling. Um, now they're all in schools, um, some, some public, some independent. Um, but yeah, the, the, the schedules have been, um, yeah, they're, they're full. Yeah. Just say that. It's a lot to coordinate. It's a lot to coordinate. <laughs> and you've been growing, um, on your website, Honest Body mm-hmm. and your practice, mm-hmm. you've been growing so much with that and I think you I know that you've done this amazing gaps class um because you guys actually had a ton of experience with gaps in fact weren't you doing gaps while you were traveling right right so we we parked ourselves in the redwoods of California and we decided you know what it's it's just time to do this so we um got ready to do gaps intro the the more intensive, like six stage part of gaps. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, we, we didn't do it perfectly the first time we, um, made mistakes, um, uh, but we did it and awesome. it was life changing and incredible and, um, uh, a huge part of our journey. 
Right. And again, people remember we were doing this with six people (laughs) in an airstream Mm -hmm. in the middle of the California redwoods. And that is incredible. So if you can do it there, people can do it pretty much anywhere. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and so you had kind of already started your real food journey, like before you were traveling. Yes. Um, Okay. So when my youngest daughter, Charlotte uh, was born, uh, she was, um, she was born, you know, lovely, perfectly healthy. I kind of struggled after, you know, growing four babies. Mm-hmm. Um, my body was really depleted. And, you know, one final infection and one final round of antibiotics kind of set me into a tailspin. Um, you know, and my, and my health, uh, you know, took a nosedive a bit. Um you know, I, I, I've told the story in a few different places online. Um, I had an excruciating, pain, excruciatingly painful nursing because of thrush, mm. basically a systemic um, candida infection. Mm-hmm. And that showed itself in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, embarrassing acne, fatigue, just sen- sensitivities to lots of different foods and, and whatnot. So um, I happened to hear about a conference um, where they were going to be talking about traditional foods. Um, it was a regional Weston A. Price conference in Detroit, mm-hmm. in Detroit, Michigan. And so I, I took a fellow friend with me and my nursing baby, and we went down for the weekend. Um, and I basically had my my world rocked and uh, it changed the trajectory of my life. I I heard Dr. Natasha Camel McBride talk about the GAPS protocol and I I knew that I wanted to do that at some point. Mm -hmm. took me a couple more years to work up the guts to do it, but um, that was what started uh, my health journey and and food is really what um, turned things around for me. And isn't that amazing? I mean, because so many times we think it's going to be something, you know, some magic bullet from the sky, right? But it's something that we have the power of in our own kitchens. You know, we make the decision on what comes into the house. We make the decision on what we make and and what we put into our bodies. Yes. And we have that power to change it. And very often, I mean, for me as well, it was life-changing and you know, I was so sick, I was bedridden, and, mm. just, you know, I've told the story before, and I'm sure that people have heard me say this, but it was so awful, um, I would have done absolutely anything in the world, and, I mean, just to be able to change my diet and lifestyle, which, while that isn't <laughs> as simple as, yeah, boom, yeah. changing your diet and lifestyle, I mean, like, comparatively to being in pain 24-7, and migraines, and thyroid, mm. and adrenal problems, and infertility, and, like, all these things, it was like, whoa, mm-hmm. what a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the power was in my hands. Yeah. And it is empowering. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's pretty incredible to be able to go back to old traditions and uh, real foods used in a, a smart and therapeutic way and to really make changes for the better. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, 
you know, I think so many people are overwhelmed with all the information out there and this diet and that diet and this protocol and that protocol. And, you know, somebody says this is good or that's bad or, you know, you should cut out animal products. No, you should eat only animal products. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's stuff on every end of the spectrum. And so, you know, people just kind of are like guessing at these things. And then it's like, wait a minute, we actually don't have to kind of figure it out and look to the future and try to dream up diets. We can actually go to the past and figure out what worked for people, what kept people alive for thousands of generations. Right. Right. Um, And the research has been done and the research is there. And so it's really empowering to go back and, and read that and realize, Oh, we've kind of had this knowledge within us always. And when I was reading nourishing traditions the first time, um, it was like to my bones true. Mm, it just mm-hmm. absolutely resonated so much. And I thought this is absolutely what I've been looking for. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was, I mean, I just knew and it was so different than when you just read any other article or any, you know, I was just like, Oh, okay. That sounds nice. But then when I read that, it was like, Whoa. And we were actually raw vegan at the time because we had gone from standard American diet to raw vegan trying to like that was the information that was out there that was the loudest information Mm -hmm. um at the time and this was about eight years ago so to understand that food had healing power and food could change our lives and that and that we could change um you know the vegan message was strongest so we went that way and it actually did not work well for us i know for a lot of people for a temporary time it can be kind of a good detox and whatever Mm -hmm. and we had a little bit of that but it wasn't I was so malnourished. It wasn't giving me enough nutrition to like rebuild. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then it was actually through that community though, that I found nourishing traditions because they were talking about soaking seeds and nuts and, you know, dehydrating them. And I was like, this is such an odd concept. What are they talking about? And then I bought nourishing tradition that first 60 to 70 pages. That's all about nutrition. I was just, like wow Mm -hmm. so then we switched to you know real food and 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 ancestral food pretty much overnight Mm. um and within two months it was like half my symptoms were gone and within six months it's almost like none of it had ever happened I mean I still had a few little adrenal things and whatever but I mean comparatively (laughs) I mean I hadn't been able to get off the couch and then I'm moving across the country and starting a farm and like all of these things and and now traveling the country for two years. So it's kind of mind-blowing to think about. That's a good story. It was wild. It was wild. Yeah, it makes sense to me that if you give your body the proper tools, it, uh, it has an innate ability to help itself, to, to heal itself, and, um, and strives to do so. Right. Take away the things that are just absolutely, you know, toxing you, (laughs) you know, and put in the good stuff. And wow. I mean, miracles, really. And so you saw this happen with your family doing GAP. Mm -hmm. And then was it then that you became a nutritional therapy practitioner? Yes. um, While we were still traveling, I started my studies. Mm hmm. Um, and then um, basically finished studying um, for nutritional therapy and run, went right into becoming a GAPS practitioner. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my ultimate goal. Um, so, yeah, that um, both both programs were amazing. The, um, you know, the NTA program is uh, top notch. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I've n- actually never heard anybody that's gone through the program say anything negative about <laughs> it. I mean, it's really amazing yeah. because so many other things you do. And, you know, I mean, I even hold, even now in my practice, I hold space open every week to talk to somebody that's contacted me about possibly, you know, taking nutrition as a career mm. and, um, you know, and just to share my experience, not to sway them one way or the other, but just to share my experience and, um, you know, because I did so much research before I chose NTA, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I was pretty impressed. And then when I took the the program, I was blown away, and I continue to be. I mean, six years later, I continue to be amazed as we go to continuing ed seminars with doctors and naturopaths and chiropractors and osteopaths and whatever. Mm-hmm. We know more than they do in many cases about, you know, the testing points and the nutrition and all of these things. And I'm just thinking, well, yeah, and they don't know it at all. <laughs> it's it's shocking. Yeah. And I think the foundational information is so important to be able to go back to the foundations. Yeah. Yeah. We were in Vermont um, right around that time, moving to Vermont as well. And I realized that Vermont's fairly, they're sparsely populated, let's just say mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and if I was going to make a, a go of it as a practitioner, I needed to incorporate both online work with local work. And so that's what led me to uh, start uh, developing the GAPS class and other other online offerings. Yeah, and your GAPS class is awesome. It's an amazing resource. I mean, as a practitioner, I love knowing that that's out there Thank you. Uh, for people. And, you know, it's great because it even, you know, supplements my work with clients. Um, I just think it's really phenomenal, and you've done a great job. And then now you've even transitioned to, like you said, more offerings and have um, kind of a membership site going on. Yes. So that's awesome. Um, the gaps class by itself was um, doing well. I, I've brought over uh, over 200 families through the class uh, wow. in the last couple of years. Uh, but I, you know, and in the last round sold for over $400. But mm-hmm. I, I just did a lot of reevaluating this spring and I, I realized I wanted to do it differently and make it more affordable. So I decided to um, incorporate the GAPS class uh, as a piece of my um, membership option, which makes it incredibly affordable. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything's under one umbrella. Um, So along along with the GAPS class, I also have uh, what's called the GAPS master class, which is uh, for advanced GAPS concepts. Uh, We talk a little bit about um, the thyroid, uh, cancer in GAPS. Um, We focus on uh, different types of infections, you know, bacterial, viral, parasite, and so on. Um, We talk about lab testing you know, things to do when you've you've got a solid foundation on gaps, but you need to mm-hmm. you need to 
as Dr. Natasha says, bring in some of the cherries on the top. Yes. Uh, we also have um, what's called a calm mind. Uh, it's a class I put together a few years ago with some fellow NTPs. Uh, it's, it's a class on uh, dealing with uh, mental health naturally. And then we have some new additions coming soon, like uh, Real Food Basics. Uh, not everyone coming into GAPS um, is ready to start with the more um, intensive GAPS type stuff. It'd be great to mm -hmm. have. I thought it'd be great to have a you know a basics. Um, and then how to make bone broth and how to yeah kind of do some of those some of the, things and change your diet. Some of the basic nutritional concepts and 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 what real food is doing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then uh, I plan to have uh, webinars, like educational webinars that are targeted to one topic and things like, uh, uh, well, there's, and then there's the forum where we can uh, support each other and, and it's, you know, overseen by myself as a practitioner. So that's, valuable for people to be able to ask their questions and uh, just be, you know, community to each other because it's, exactly. it can be pretty lonely to do something as crazy as eating real food. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, I find a lot of um, moms, especially going it alone. Yes. And, and their family members or family uh, friends not understanding uh, where they're coming from and what they're trying to do for their family. Yeah, you know, I've found that in my practice as well, that very often mom is leading the charge. And, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to get dad on board or other family members. And we have a lot of supportive dads too. But I think that, um, you know, I don't know, for some reason, it seems like sometimes there's, there's not a lot of support for mom. And, you know, a lot of times grandparents can be a little bit um, of a difficult challenge. And, you know, they think the kids should be eating at McDonald's and, and that they're not having a childhood if they're not, you know, kind of on sugar 24-7. And, <laughs> and it's it's kind of crazy. And so I hear it from a lot of moms. And, and we've discussed it on the podcast several times that, you know, that moms really need the support and that it really is all about finding your community wherever that may be. And very often that's online mm -hmm. and that's great because there is a thriving yeah. real food and gap supportive community online. And I think, you know, with a forum, that's awesome to be able to ask those questions and interact and, and, you know, just get some, get some support. Yeah. Moms are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They really are. Yeah, they really are. And, you know, especially when undertaking um, something so different, something so outside of our comfort zone, in many cases radically different than what we grew up with. And, you know, usually I know that this is probably the same for you. By the time that clients come to us, they've really kind of been through it. Mm -hmm. You know, they've gone from doctor to doctor. They're sick. Their kids are sick. Like nobody's sleeping People yeah. don't know what to eat. They've, you know, they've changed their diet, but they haven't seen the results they wanted or they're trying to change their diet, but it's very hard. They don't know what to do. 
Um, right. And like I said, there's a lot of information out there that's overwhelming. And so it's our jobs as nutritional therapists to kind of help cut through that clutter and that overwhelm and guide you and help put together the missing pieces and connect those dots so that we can get results. Because, you know, a lot of people, and again, this speaks to our training, but a lot of people are just going to address diet and we go deeper than that and look at what's going on with your body, what's going on with your digestion and your blood sugar and mm-hmm. your mineral status. And that's massive. That's yeah. massive. Right. Yeah. I've had a client that um, she was on GAPS intro for months and months and months on her own before coming to me. Mm. And she was just struggling trying to make it work. And a GAPS intro is fairly restrictive. It's a lot of work and it's a targeted healing protocol. And so she had two young children at home that she was homeschooling. Um, She was the only one in the family that was doing this. So she was cooking their meals and then trying to do hers. She was on GAPS intro for, like I said, many months and came to me and she just wasn't getting the shifts and things just weren't happening. And she was like hanging in there but she was starting to have some problems because she wasn't like new, you know, getting enough nutrition, mm. um, you know, because she wasn't absorbing her food. And so all we did for our very first step was we addressed her digestion mm-hmm. and gave her some supplemental support. And do you know that within the next like two weeks, she moved through all stages of gaps and went on full gaps. Like she was able to move forward that fast That's awesome. from, yeah, just some small direction. That's fantastic. Yeah, so it's so important to have that support. Yeah, and and that's something that is a, a big part of my class is I mean I pull in the foundational pieces like digestion and um those are there's a lot of aha moments. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty fun work. Uh I love yeah. I love my job. Yeah, it's amazing and to be able to See what's worked in your own life and then share that with other people I think is such a gift. Yeah, I, I, I don't like sharing much that I haven't tried myself. I mean, I yeah. do, obviously, but um, I, I like to, <laughs> I like to, my poor family's guinea pigs, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I really try to speak from a place of personal experience and, mm-hmm. um, you know, what what we've done and and what's worked for us and and then expand that with what's worked for other practitioners and um yeah dr natasha's ever practical advice and and is a you know a wealth of knowledge so yes yeah she's pretty amazing yeah yeah That's awesome. Well, I love it. Well, again, I'm going to have links to all of this on the show notes. So again, realfoodwholehealth.com under podcast, under episodes, you'll find this episode and link to everything we talked about. Melanie, there's going to be links to Honest Body on there and all the classes that we talked about. I love that you're doing this membership site so people can get in and, you know, once they're members, they get access to all of these things that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, because then you can dive in really with what you need for your family yes, and move on to the next thing. And often people are dealing with 
several different things in the family. So to be able to take, you know, the intro class and then, you know, maybe the calm mind information for one of the family members and then look at the advanced techniques later and then, you know, some of the, the basics class to get some of the skills under and mm-hmm. ask the questions in the form, it all fits together really well. Yes. Thanks for explaining it so great. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here today. I certainly appreciate your time. Oh, it's been fun to talk to you, Amy. Thanks. Good. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Goodbye. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.